anyway. It was a thing. Like when I was a kid, Mortal Kombat was huge. Right. And so, but this movie, and I know with the effects you've got now and just the action sequences and all this, you know, cinematography and all the the, the new perspectives on gore and all, everything we can do nowadays. And by we, I mean anybody but me with movie, you know, production. It's supposed to be good, but come on. <laughs> There are people hyping this up like it's the second coming. Like this, like this is this is what we've been waiting for yeah. all these years, folks. Yeah. But I want to see it too. Yeah. I mean, it's out. Yeah. What so, I wasn't going to do is wait in the, a long ebbing right. line. And you weren't going to dress up like Sub Zero. I mean, I do anyway. That's oh. just something that I do. <laughs> I just do that at home. Yeah. <laughs> the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Podcast. Hey, thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, I just want to remind y'all one more time to go to buyjack.com slash CEP to pick up all of your CEP network gear, including the new hoodies, coffee mugs, and koozies representing all three of the shows on our network, uh, which includes Crusher Cast, Raised on the Radio, and of course, the CEP. Also, head on over to truenutrition.com for all of your nutrition and supplement needs. And when you check out, be sure to use the code CEPN for a 5% discount on your total order. Now, for this episode, Colt and I bring a cerebral chat that we titled Mortal Kombat. During this episode, we discuss the awesomeness of homemade ice cream, the price a person pays in the gym for irresponsible food choices. That's ironic. We contemplate why some people can make unhealthy lifestyle choices and still live to be 100. The Mortal Kombat movie hype, and to be honest with you, we just riff on all kinds of topics. But it's all in our efforts to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm out there again. So, without further introduction, here we go. All right, we are rolling. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and this guy over here is my good friend Colt. This guy over here, he's ready to go. Yes, ready to go in your... Cerebral Entertainment Podcast hoodie. You like this, dude? Now, I love so that hoodie. Comfy. So comfy. It's a very nice. I like the black. Mm-hmm. I like how the blue and the white pop on the black. Mm-hmm. And just in case people haven't heard yet, which you should by now, Absolutely. you can get a hoodie just like that, along with other colors, t-shirts, koozies, coffee mugs, at buyjack.com slash CEP. Absolutely. So we've got all three of the shows represented on there: the CEP, Crusher Cast, and Raised on the Radio. What did you did you get this hoodie? I got yes, I did the black one. Okay. I did. Okay. Yeah, I enjoy it as well. Of course, you can get the hoodie in black and blue and white, and mm-hmm. uh, the T-shirts all in the same black, blue, and white. You can get the network shirts and all three of the shows. And hopefully, within the next couple of weeks, we have more things up. Yeah, like I want to do some tank tops. Summer's coming. Gonna get the new logo. If anybody hasn't seen the new logo yet, the muscle or the uh, arm flexing a brain as a bicep. Yes, most definitely. So, go to buyjack.com slash cep. Please go get you some gear. It, lo- it looks good too. The guys over at Buyjack are doing a fantastic job. Absolutely. Very happy with uh, the products that they're putting out. So we actually got to go up there, which yeah. I'd been there before. You hadn't. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat little loft up in St. Louis. It is. It's one of those just very hip, very cool places just to be inside of. Mm-hmm. And they've got their their operations running out of there. Did you think it was going to be bigger? I really didn't know. Okay. I really didn't know. Of course, where they actually print the, the clothing and stuff is a pretty small room. Yeah. Kind of opens up right there in that main spot where we first saw Mr. Chris Denman 
and uh and then and then met and talked with john Beebe for a while but yeah the, the place it's, it's just a neat little spot and there's a lot of things it's in one of those bigger loft buildings in st louis mm-hmm. a lot going on there i don't even know what else going on there but it looks pretty i don't know pretty busy <laughs> like a pretty busy place downstairs you know yeah. uh it opens up and i couldn't tell if that was like if there are restaurants or what was going on it just looked like a place where there was a, a lot of hustle bustle yeah so yeah very good stuff yeah how you been doing, man? I'm good. Yeah. Another it's, dude. It seems like every time we record, it's a shitty day outside. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Right. It does. It does. Today is no exception. Absolutely. It's not just raining. It's cold. It like, is. I cold. got out today. I was like, damn. This is, this isn't like what I expected. Yeah. Somebody. This is cold. I, I literally just seen somebody post on social media and said, "Dude, it's May. We don't need the heat on. This is ridiculous." <laughs> but yet here we are with the heat on. Uh huh. So yeah, I had the we had the Mother's Day festivities yesterday at my house, uh, which just gave us a lot more time. Everybody came over to my house, my mom, my sisters, you know, and they came over and they we grilled. I grilled the food and made homemade peanut butter ice cream, which was a big hit, by the way. If you don't have a homemade ice cream maker, then I don't exactly know what you're doing with your life, but you need to correct your path. I don't, but how? Can you give me uh, like a rundown of how you make homemade ice cream in your ice cream maker? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. First, you got to have the maker, okay? You're going to place it in a spot. Way before that, though, what you do is you it, there's ingredients or a recipe uh, that come with the maker itself, so you've got some different options. You know, you can make your typical plain vanilla. Um, you can make an easy vanilla, or you can make a more hearty, creamy vanilla and chocolate, you know, peanut butter, the list goes on. So what you have to do is you actually mix all these ingredients, which includes four eggs beaten. So you got to cook all that stuff on, on the uh, stovetop for a while. And then you let that cool for two hours or so in the fridge in a glass bowl is what I use. But I actually let mine cool, which I did by mistake because the last time I made ice cream, I got a late start and it, it got too late for me to go through the entire process. I was like, screw this. And I let it sit overnight in the fridge ended up working spectacular. And so now that's how I roll. I let it cool overnight in the fridge. Then you just, you get, so you got your bucket, which it comes with the ice cream maker and you fill the canister with your ingredients after you let it cool. And then you put the canister in the bucket and you put ice around it. Um, I think it's six cups of ice around the bottom of it, around the canister then you put, which actually you put the motor on top first. You put, you, the motor sits up here and because there's this paddle that goes into the canister and it stirs up the, it churns the ice cream, right? The ingredients. Anyway, you fill up with six cups of ice and then you put about a half a cup of salt around, melting salts. Like a margarita. Uh, well, kind of, yeah, <laughs> but not. Which, this is more like a sidewalk, that kind of salt that you melt ice with. Okay. And uh, rock salt. And then you put more ice and you put more salt. Something I didn't realize, the melting process is actually critical to the ice cream making process. Okay. The melting of the ice. Okay. And so then you, once you get that filled all the way to the top, you repeat those steps, ice, salt, ice, salt, until you get to the top. You plug the motor in, bam, it starts churning. About 30 minutes later, as long as everything goes right, you've got some very tasty Homemade but ice cream. You, you said you made peanut butter ice cream. So yes. did you add actual peanut butter into it? Oh, yeah. Is that how that worked? Uh-huh. Yeah, you actually add it into the ingredients before you put it on the stove. Or okay. Actually during, during while it's on the stove. Okay. Your first sets of ingredients that go in there are the sugar, 
the cornstarch and there's just a dash of salt. And then you pour in six cups of milk into that, whisk it up real good until it thickens. Then you start putting in your ice cream, your half and half, your heavy cream, all those ingredients, your vanilla, all those ingredients go in there um, while you're cooking on the stovetop. So wait, hang on a second. So you're you're adding actual ice cream to what you're making? No. You just said you're adding ice cream. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. If I did, that's not what I meant. (laughs) Okay. I was like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. Why aren't you just (laughs) eating ice cream out of the bag? Because this sounds better. Okay. No, th- you're not adding ice cream. You're adding all the ingredients Got, okay. into the mixture Okay. before you cool it. Gotcha. And okay. so peanut butter goes in with the vanilla, with gotcha. the, everything else. That makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, and so then you cook it. It's just this stew concoction that you pour into the canister or, or into the bowl, um, and you let that cool. So and could you add, like, fruits and stuff into there, too, if you wanted to? I'm sure. There, there are more ingredients than what I've... Or more recipes than what I have used so far. Gotcha. And so I'm sure if you want to make, like, a strawberry ice cream or something. That sounds good. But probably if you're using, like, chunks of anything, yeah. you're probably not going to add that until it's already done and then just mix it in. Like, if you okay. want to make... My daughter, yesterday, she's like, you know what we should do? We should get some Butterfingers and just crunch them up and put them in the ice cream. And I said, well, it's like a blizzard and it sounds like a fantastic idea. Yeah, it's definitely not a bad idea. Not at all. But what you're probably going to do is put that in after you make the ice cream. So do you make the dentist appointment before or after you eat it? You want to go after. After, okay. Yeah, if you want to see how much damage has been done, you... You do it before and after with the dentist. <laughs> Say, look, I'm getting ready to decimate my uh, I mean, butter, dental health. Yeah, butterfingers are like the worst in the world for your teeth anyways. So you're going to add them being frozen. I've never been that guy when it comes to eating ice cream. I, I like just simple, like just the, the ice cream itself. I can add a few things in every once in a while, but if you're throwing nuts in there and you're throwing hard stuff in there, or even like M&Ms or... Re- I love Reese's Pieces in a bag. Yeah. But I I'm not going to do it in uh ice cream. They get really cold and hard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I do still like some Reese's cups, peanut butter cups in a blizzard every once in a while. But I'm like you, the simpler the better. Like this recipe I'm talking about, it's actually calls for chocolate chips added in, at the end. I, I believe that the chocolate chips compromise the integrity of the peanut butter, though. It's like yeah, I can the, that. the peanut butter ice cream is where you want to stop. Uh-huh. Anything else, you're just you're kind of messing it up. Yeah, you know, you're uh-huh. you're it's it's not adding to the the ice cream. The peanut butter is actually taking away. I wonder if you could could you make a little bit of a healthier version if you added like almond milk, use almond milk or like cashew milk or something instead of regular milk. It, you could try. I can't promise you that it would turn out. Okay. I don't know how that would turn out. Okay. Because, you know, ice cream kind of depends on the, I don't know, the body of the milk. I don't know if that makes well, any that, sense that, whatsoever. It does, but, but the that, thickness. That's, yeah, that's why I mentioned like cashew milk because cashew is a thicker, thicker milk. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea if that would stand or not. Okay. Interesting I, thought. I, I messed up my first batch of ice cream that I tried to make when I first got my maker. And one of the things that I did was I, I think I used two percent milk and i don't know if that was the reason versus whole milk but it didn't turn out so i maybe maybe not i I have no evidence to support that but it is one factor that i've changed and i haven't had a problem since so i don't know but anyway i I just stick with what what they tell me to right now but i'm I'm venturing out if you don't have an ice cream maker at home i'm telling you get one it's fun (laughs) it's fun and at first you're like man this is a lot of work but it's really not that bad. Like once you get into it, once you get your like your routine down, because the actual churning only takes thirty minutes. 
And so you, you get the, uh, you get your, your, your ingredients, all the mixture all done. And like I said, you can do that the night before host a party the next day, 30 minutes of churning and bam, you got fresh ice cream. Now I did this before and I had a, we saved a gallon. We don't, I don't need a lot of ice cream to be honest with you, but over the years we've had those big gallon cartons of ice cream, uh, the plastic. Mm-hmm. We used to keep like some of the small kids toys and stuff in there, you know, it's just good containers and it's a good container. I'm going to hang on to it. It's, it's part of getting old. You start looking at containers, you're like, yeah, I don't think I want to get rid of that one. That's, I just, a, that's I just, a good container. I just seen the other day, you made me think of this, there was a post on social media of somebody, and I think it was like one of those old yellow country crock uh, buckets in a fridge. And it's like, if you ever went to grandma's house, you had no idea what was in this. There's a very small chance that it's actually butter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that's my mom. Yeah, yeah, she uh-huh. had it was like a crapshoot what might be in this this butter bowl. Uh-huh. It used to be butter. You never could it be chicken and dumplings. Uh-huh. Could it be lasagna. It, maybe butter. Maybe maybe. I mean, <laughs> but you had like one in six chances that uh-huh. it was actually butter. Yeah. At any rate, though, um, you you bring people over, you you churn the ice cream, bam, because. Last time I made it, I put I, I, it was just me and, and and the fam at the house, and so there's no way we're going through all this ice cream. So I actually filled up one of those, almost filled up one of those gallon containers, uh, the plastic containers, froze the ice cream, and then you could eat it, you know, days on end, however however long. But it's so much better when it's fresh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to be careful because if you're on any kind of a diet and you make fresh ice cream, you're probably going to gain fifty pounds. I am probably going to gain fifty pounds. Because it's it's kind of dangerous, so I don't make it too often. But it's it's good. It's good for hosting parties and things like that when people come over. And it's kind of a, I don't know, not everybody does it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a novelty, you know, to come over and kind of a special thing. So I recommend it. Yeah, well, the reason why I wanted to have your rundown is because I remember, I think it was like fourth grade, we made homemade ice cream. But we did it like, I want to, I, I remember like, the rock salt was in like a coffee can and we were like rolling the coffee can back and forth to each other. I don't, but I don't know. I never knew how it actually was made. I don't remember. Like I said, it was like fourth grade. Yeah. But I did. That's the the only part that I remember. So I was just wondering if there was a part in your story where you were really going to be like rolling coffee cans around (laughs) on the ground or something. (laughs) No, not, not this time. Okay. Not this time. Okay. But no, it, it is good time. And I remember my mom used to make homemade ice cream when I was coming up. And I always thought it was so fantastic back then, and mm-hmm. so now I'm I'm jumping in. And also, I also got her peanut butter fudge recipe as well, and so, and I can make some mean peanut butter fudge. Okay, you understand it's May. It's like summer season. Yeah, no, no yeah, I know. I was you've, make- been, you've been talking in the gym like the past couple of weeks. Like, all right, I'm ready to hit that summer body. We're gonna hit the cardio hard. Yeah, I'm gonna start going to cardio in the morning, a lift in the afternoon, and we're gonna do it after the kids get out of school. That's okay. The plan. Well. You never mentioned peanut butter fudge and homemade ice cream in that scenario. I'm not, in all fairness, I'm not actively making peanut butter fudge. I got that recipe back, um, actually, Christmas before this last one. And I make it seasonally, you know, around wintertime where I am, in fact, mostly wearing bulky hoodies and <laughs> not taking my shirt off on the beach. Uh-huh. Um, not now, but I did make some ice cream the other day. And, and I ate quite a bit of it, but uh, I plan on working that off. Yeah? Yeah, you got it. You got <laughs> Let's it, Let's hope so. <laughs> did you did you write down how many calories that was? Because uh, we're, we're going to need to burn that off. I don't want to know how many calories that was, but... You know, I you may have seen this um, a couple months ago. 
and it just popped in my head. So I was at work, and we have a cafeteria at work, and uh, they had some of those jumbo um, crustables. You ever had of the crustables? I don't think so. Aren't they? Cru- isn't that what's called crustables? What is it? It's like a little pocket, but it's like peanut butter and jelly, or or whatever. Well, they yeah. they have strawberry and strawberry jelly and peanut butter in them. Yeah, they're they're the best if you can actually put them in a toaster or microwave them or something like that first. But they're not bad even if you just get them out of the refrigerator. Got you. Well, I made this post about. Um, I never really thought about how many calories were in one of those things. And peanut butter and jelly is normally a pretty easy snack for me to talk myself into saying that's sort of somewhat kind of healthy-ish. Yeah. Because uh, there's peanut butter in there. That's basically the only yeah, the only thing. Get that, your protein. Uh-huh. Man. Yeah. Anyways, I so before I ate it, I turned the bag over and it's 600 calories for one of these things. It's like this big around. So I've made a post on social media saying, you know, the next time... um. What what oh the next time you're gonna eat no what was it it was some I I think it said something about uh, go to the store pick up an uncrustable and turn it over and look how many calories are on that then put it back down and then go to the gym and get on the stair stepper mm-hmm. and burn 600 calories and tell me that next time you'll eat that uncrustable yeah do you know what 600 calories looks like on a stair stepper not on the stair stepper but the elliptical I do yeah. I go 30 minutes hard on the elliptical and I burn 400 calories. Yeah. Hard 30 minutes. So if you're just getting on there casually or, or you don't have like, man, if you don't have the energy to bust out a bunch of well, calories in a short amount of time, you're going to be on there for hours. Okay. Well, think about what we, so what me and you've been doing at the gym here lately on leg day, we'll finish legs and then we'll go over and do calves and um, me and you will flip flop while we're doing calves. One will do actually do the calf machine. The other will go up on the stair stepper and push it hard for a straight minute. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do that. Repeat. And then we'll, you know, flip flop and repeat and repeat and repeat. Mm-hmm. So what, how we're pushing it for one minute, thinking about pushing it just like that for the right. same amount of time as you're pushing it hard on the elliptical. Right. Pretty sure we'd die. Yeah, I would die. And this incrustable thing that you speak of, I don't think that it's worth dying for. I mean, they're good. but they're not that good yeah yeah you know there's there's a lot to be said there Uh, it's okay for treats to have a treat you know the the encrustable itself is not who was it paul carter i think that talked about there is no such thing as bad food when we had him on one time Uh uh-huh and i got what he was saying and i challenged it a little bit but i I was i was understanding what he was saying and just wanted to kind of for the dialogue push back a little bit but He's right, you know, there to an extent, because there's nothing wrong with a treat. As a matter of fact, treats are what really make life worth living. <laughs> you know, it, mm-hmm. it's you know the work that we put in and things like that. It's what gives us, you know, muscle and drive and motivation. It increases it at least. Um, it gives us self confidence, all that good stuff. But the treats in life are what gives you that little bit of just a, I don't know, a sugar rush of joy. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's nice to have those. So. Yes, that one encrustable, you're going to have to do 600 or you're going to have to do maybe six hours <laughs> of elliptical or, or stair stepper work. Not really, but you have to go hard and, and it's almost, it, it makes you wonder whether or not it's worth it. But if you're doing, if you're eating encrustables all the time, then obviously that's where people get out of hand with their, with their health, you know, with, with their, their body uh, fat and, and whatever. 
it, they they can't sustain that. But if you eat Uncrustable every once in a while, then it's okay because it's not just the elliptical work you're doing. You're also, you know, you're walking up and down, you know, the factory or, or you're walking up and down the facility or, you know, all that neat exercise that you're getting, that mm-hmm. non-exercise uh, movement. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that stuff, and, and also the elliptical work that, or the stair step, or whatever you're on, the work that you did before, and the day before that, and the day before that, where you didn't have the encrustable. Mm-hmm. You know, is it encrustable or un- un. uncrustable? Yeah, I, I think I've been saying it wrong this entire time. So okay. thank you for for uh, <laughs> giving me the heads up on that. <laughs> but anyway, so so just to shed some perspective and push back a little bit against what you were saying as well. But you're right. If, if that's your go-to, like you know, I remember Doc Ogden. One time he was, I think he might have been talking with us. He was on a podcast at one point. I think it was with us. But he was talking about how somebody was razzing him for eating a, a, uh, a snack cake for breakfast. And he was sitting there saying, well, what about you know the things that you eat for breakfast, whether it be your sugar cereal that has mm-hmm. thousands of freaking you know, grams of sugar in it and all kinds of uh, calories, or, or even your donuts, things like that. He's like, what's the difference? No, it was a piece of cake. He had like a piece of birthday cake or something for breakfast, and he was getting harassed, you know, in a friendly way by it. But you know, it's like there's no difference. It's like yeah. sugar is sugar. Yeah, and I think about that so much, especially now that you know we're more uh, health conscious than I ever have been. Mm-hmm. I, I just think about back in you know back when I was a kid and how my parents let me because you know you get frosted flakes that already have a bunch of sugar on it and you're bringing the bowl of sugar over and just pouring sugar on top of it to where you know at the bottom once you've eaten it all you're scooping sugar milk water out it makes Uh sugar concrete at the bottom Uh uh-huh and and then the fact that my parents ever let me make kool-aid yeah that was a terrible idea same i mean man because you know what i think recipe is like a cup is it a cup of sugar or does that sound like too much? It's probably for a for a pitcher for a gallon. It's probably a cup. And then the fu- maybe. you know, and we would do two to three at least. Oh yeah. And then you know, you go outside and you play basketball all day or whatever, and you come in. What are you going to drink? You're going to drink sugar water. Yeah. Like massive sugar water to rehydrate yourself to go back outside and play basketball again. You know, it it says something though because I. I my I grew up the same way, mm-hmm. and we didn't have the same, at least not, I don't know if it was this area, if it was just our particular families or what. We just didn't have that kind of health consciousness about us, though. There, there really yeah. was no was no thing. But it really also speaks to, like, just the your genetics and the metabolism that you're, you're kind of given, yeah. right? Because, right. Um, you know, other kids were obese that I grew up with. They were fat, and I guarantee you that my diet – like you said, with the Kool-Aid and, and the sugar cereal and all that stuff was no better than mm-hmm. than theirs, you know. And so it just goes to show how much you're what you're born with through your DNA really makes makes a lot of that difference. Yeah. And I mean, you know, my me and my wife have that conversation every once in a while, too. Like her family, um, you know, older generations, like they didn't if it wasn't deep fried in something or, you know, something like that, you didn't eat it. Like yeah. that's just the way you cooked, you know, especially when you have. Um, you know, a couple of generations ahead of us where you may have like women who are just housewives and stuff like that, who, when they cook, it's, you know, deep fried in some kind of oil Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I mean, I guess it, I guess our, the, uh, expected, uh, age to people die has probably risen since then when, since people have gotten more health conscious, I would assume. Right. Wouldn't you think? 
probably overall, yeah. you know, in the aggregate. But, you know, my grandpa lived to be 93. and Which he, that's going to have a lot to do with. He ate bacon every, you know, every morning and, you know. Yeah. Of course, he wasn't a smoker or a drinker, at least not in the past, you know, 75 years. Well, yeah, but it, and that's one of those things, too, though. Like, you see, you know, woman lives to 99 and she tells what the secret is of living to 99. Oh, smoking cigarettes and drinking beer every day. That's that's yeah. what that's what I've done. Right. You know, I, I can't imagine that the last, I just know I've said this a thousand times, but I can't imagine that last 10 or 15 years was great. But who knows? It, you know, I think for some of them, they showed us this old, I just saw it not too long ago, this old lady who was, I think she was in her upper 90s smoking cigars. She says she smoked a cigar every day, mm-hmm. which for one thing, she's a little bitty old lady that's smoking cigars. It's just kind of <laughs> gross to me. <laughs> but uh, her house must really stink. You would imagine. But maybe not. Maybe she's a stellar housekeeper. But I, I think that's just like what we were talking about. That's the, just the difference between your your genetics like some people are just have a particular kind of genetic where that thing doesn't bother them mm-hmm. you know they ha- some people don't have a proclivity for cancers and and things like that where other people do and it's also some part of their lifestyle as well she might be smoking a cigar every day but she's out you know gardening and, and running marathons whatever staying active as well and not inundating herself with a lot of other factors that might, you know, combine with that smoke in mm-hmm. order to, you know, increase those free radicals in the body and cause cancers. So environmental too, you know, environmentally, what are you growing up around? What What's the water like that you're drinking, you know, where, where you live? You know, is it full of lead? Is it full of chromium, whatever? I don't know. Mm-hmm. All, all kinds of other crap that is going to cause you all kinds of health problems as it, as it builds up over time, you know, and, and so... You know, cigarette smoke definitely isn't good. Cigar smoke isn't good for you, but I think it's it's a lot of other factors that also come into play. That, yeah. yeah, like I've always, uh, I always thought the balance, like I guess it's like a sophisticated, I guess you call it sophisticated thing, like the people. Um, okay, so like if you're a guy that goes to a cigar bar, that's like a sophisticated kind of thing, right? Yeah, like and a I've, hobby. Yeah. And I've always thought like it's a it would be a good balance if you knew you could stay healthy by doing the same things we do now. Like, you know, I work, I stand on my feet all day long while I'm working. I go to the gym as soon as I get off work. But then to be able to come home and then have like a couple of glasses of whiskey on the rocks and a cigar every night mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, I just I wish there was a way. I mean, I, I, I guess you can maybe you have to up the cardio a little bit. But that, that's what I, that's kind of what I see myself doing when I get older mm. is just, you know, being able to stick to the same kind of routine that I have now, but then maybe throwing in a glass of scotch at the end of the night with a, with a good cigar or something like that. I don't think that's unrealistic. Yeah. I don't. I think that, you know, like you said, the other, the other components of your life that where you are working out, you are, you know, getting that movement, you're not, and you're not eating crap loads of processed foods, you know, specifically fast foods, um, watching your sugar intake, you know, sugar has been found in studies and, you know, there's study for everything, depending on what you want a reality to be. But there are a lot of studies seemingly that point towards glucose as being a, something that like cancer cells feed on. And so, you know, if you if you do limit your sugars, things like that. Plus, it, it causes you know obesity and sugar causes you all kinds of problems. They say that you know there's there's this other movement, so to speak, where that you know we were told that fats were the devil. All this you know for years and years, decades, 
that batch with the devil. And it was really uh, perpetuated by the sugar industry mm-hmm. paying lobbyists to sp- spread this message. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can believe that because if, if you, you know, if you think about it, sugar is really what everybody's trying to stay away from. And we are living in overall a more healthy, conscious, you know, world now, right. at least our culture is, you know, I didn't even give, um, we didn't give my daughter caffeine hardly ever, ever until just more recently. And she's 12 now, you know, mm-hmm. um, part, part of that was because we don't, we didn't give our kids any caffeine whatsoever. And by caffeine, you know, I, I just mean you know, a sip of tea here and there, or, you know, a soda here and there. When I grew up, I was drinking soda when I was a kid, a right. small kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember taking, I wasn't drinking full, like 44 ounce, you know, fountain sodas or anything. Right. A fountain mountain. But, uh, <laughs> you know, my, my daughter, she, she really didn't start taking caffeine until more recently because we were healthy. We were conscious of it. You know, we were conscious of her health and, and caffeine and, and how you build tolerance to it and just how bad soda is anyway, because we really don't have soda in our house unless it's Coke Zero. Which yeah, is what, what I drink now. Which I think the, the bad thing about that, though, is like people don't look at the science between like people just combine soda and caffeine together and think that both are bad. And I don't I mean, I don't think that I don't have any studies to back this up. But I don't think that caffeine on its own is near as bad for you as that soda itself. No, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. No. No, so they kind of go into two different into two different areas here, but they they cross. It's a yeah. crossroads because soda came up just now in my dialogue because it's usually the first and primary vehicle of caffeine, especially for you know, especially for kids. At least in my experience, it is. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. because kids don't really come up drinking a whole lot of sweet tea or uh, coffee especially nowadays we have the rock stars and things like that which my daughter she's a fiend now she's always trying to get a hold of my rock stars oh, really i'll give her a drink every once in a while but um you know she can't have you know as much caffeine as what she would like to have now that she's got the uh-huh. she's got the taste got for the it. itch but no i agree with you caffeine in and of itself isn't bad it was it was the sugars in the soda that was really the the heavy perpetuator of unhealthiness um because they're loaded with sugar. And I didn't really have a good grasp of this until I started. Actually, I saw a picture one time of, I think it was just like a soda, just like a 12 ounce typical soda. And if you look at the back of it, there's so many grams in that soda. And then they showed a, a picture of a baggie. It's a Ziploc oh, yeah. baggie I've seen that. Uh-huh. with how much, how much sugar that is. Mm-hmm. And I got to looking at that and looking at the soda. It's like all of that is in that can of soda. Mm-hmm. But it's dissolved. It's not like, you know, if you saw that in a bag or even on top of your cereal or something, you'd be like, wow, that's a lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. It dissolved in the soda. It's just, it's invisible. Right. You don't see it. Yeah. I think an average like 20 ounce bottle of Mountain Dew is like 76 grams of Dude. sugar. And I, I've seen people who drink it by the two liter. Yeah. Especially like when I would work night shift jobs and stuff like that, man, the people would just be drinking, drinking it. Buy a little two liter all night long. I'm like, oh my god, how how are how are you not on dialysis? I know, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get how our body, but there's no telling what kind of alterations that that, that kind of long term use of something like that is causing our bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't know the final results oftentimes, and you can't really always do your investigation and backtrack 
to say, oh, okay, well, this happened with this person because he drank all this soda mm-hmm. coming up. Right. You know, and I don't, I'm not a really big soda guy anyway. I mean, I like a soda every once in a while, but when I do drink it, I drink Coke Zero now. It's just, I, I, I got a taste for it. And I never thought that I would for any kind of have you ever, diet. Have you ever had the Zevia? I have not, but I got to tell you, I've, I've, I have some of the protein powders that have stevia as their sweeteners. Okay. And I don't care for it. It reminds me of like a sweet and low kind of sweetener. Okay. You ought, that to, I don't you ought, get. You ought to try a Zevia. I might try one. They've got, uh, it's like this, like this one here is Dr. Zevia. So it's like a Dr. Pepper. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Coke. Um, there's uh, root beer, but it's ginger root beer. And then there's a black cherry one. Um, those are the ones around us, or because I always get them at Schnucks. Mm. They're kind of expensive. They're pricey. It's like five dollars for a six pack or something like that. But okay. I like them because the taste. I mean, there's definitely a difference in taste from yeah. like that doesn't taste ne- necessarily like a Dr Pepper, but it's pretty close. But it's every soda is clear. Like it doesn't have the artificial colors. Doesn't have all that, and they, none of them have sugar. None of them have calories. And some of them have a little bit of caffeine. It just depends on which ones you get. Hmm. Like the root beer, root beer never has caffeine in it. So, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And I think they have a lemon lime one too, which is going to be like a Sprite. And I don't think Sprite has caffeine in it either. It does not. So yeah, same concept. But if you're going to drink a soda, I, I prefer these now. Hmm. And I actually, um, so on Raised on the Radio, we had a guy, uh, Cody Law, who's a Bellator fighter. And we were talking a little bit about beer and stuff like that. And he said that here lately he's been taking that uh, that new Terramana tequila that The Rock put out. I've got like four bottles in, in the closet. Um, and mixing the Blanco tequila with the ginger root beer. And it's actually really good. Mm. I tried it like right after he told me to do it. It's actually really good. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm not really a tequila guy. Especially like tequila soda just seemed weird to me. But I try And especially tequila root beer. It's like, eh, I don't yeah. know, but it, it's really good. That does sound strange because I, to me, soda goes with like some whiskey and some um, mm-hmm. rum. I like a good dark rum, a Myers rum or uh, the Kraken mm-hmm. is my preferred brand nowadays. Cheap, cheap dark rum, but I, I, it's good for what I want yeah. to mix with Coke Zero and it's, it's fire for me. That makes sense. Even vodka with soda, obviously, you know, coming up, I was drinking vodka Mountain Dew. Um, which I have to stay away from vodka for the most part nowadays because I had some rough times. Um, so tequila and soda does sound kind of strange, mm-hmm. but I'd be willing to give it a shot. Yeah, it's a good. day in court. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of, uh, I, w- I was going to mention to you, I, I was trying to think of what I was thinking of earlier. Yeah, I blanked. Anyway, have you tried the new Coca-Cola energy drinks that they have no i have not the coffee uh-huh i have not are you a coffee guy eh, ish okay yeah you might not like these they do have a cherry coke as well and it's sugar-free um so it's good i like it they're just they're they're smaller and they don't pack quite of a punch like you get out of a rock star or something like that but they're good but the coke coffee Drinks are fantastic. If you like coffee, they will knock your old ding dong right in the dirt, man. They are so good. <laughs> they are so good. Um, I just wish they were bigger because they're they're just so good. But yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. I, I thought about those and wanted to ask if you tried them. I have not. Um, does it taste like so? Is it just taste like coffee, or does it like have a, is it like a it, mixture? It's a pretty good mixture. It is. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. I will tell you what, though. I did see a commercial the other day for Dr. Pepper, and Dr. Pepper is putting out a new... Um, so did you ever try or see the Dr. Pepper and cream soda mixture that they made? I don't remember. I only bought one just because I wanted to try it. There's like an ungodly amount of sugar in I'm it. I'm sure. Um, but they are coming out with three new flavors of... Uh, it's either Dr. Pepper Zero or it's a diet. It's diet Dr. Pepper, maybe something mm. along those lines. But they're doing a cream soda version and a cherry, maybe a cherry vanilla version, something like that. I'm a cherry vanilla fan when it comes to pretty yeah, much anything. I am too. Always have been. Yeah. Used to go through Sonic mm-hmm. and get the cherry vanilla Dr. Pepper, which that has to be worse than you just buying one in the store, right? Like in a can, because they actually have like the thick, sugary squirter thing that (laughs) dude i'm surprised and maybe i I, maybe i had experienced diabetic comas coming up i just didn't know the difference i just thought i was asleep waking up in random places well they have them at like uh you can just go to the gas station now and most of the Mm. the uh fountain soda things you can just press like a cherry button or a vanilla button or something like that yeah have you seen the uh like the movie theaters have them now like they're the big a big machine where it has like pretty much any uh any selection of whatever soda you want is in there now. Mm. Like uh, anything from Coke to Dr. Pepper to whatever, any brand you want, you just click on it and you say, do you want diversion? Do you want the full version? Uh, what do you want in it? Do you want orange, lemon, you know, whatever in it and you get all of it. Yeah. It's crazy. Hmm. I, th- I, th- I have. I don't go to the movies very often anymore, but I think the last time I went with my little girl, we... Uh, because they give free refills now too, right? I don't is know. A, is that a thing? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. We, we went because it's it's out there in the open, right? Like where you actually get mm-hmm. your own soda. Yeah. So that that means you get a free refill. <laughs> <laughs> At least in your mind. Regardless. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, me and my wife went and walked to the movies a few weeks ago for the first time in over a year. I mean, over because of course movie theaters shut down for a long time, mm. um, and then when they, they did open back up, it was all you know limited uh, people who could be in there and all that kind of stuff. But uh. We went and watched that movie, Nobody. Have you seen the previews for that? I don't think so. It's, um, oh, why is his name? Um, he, the Better Call Saul guy, um, Bob Odenkirk. Okay. It's him, and he, like, used to be a in the CIA, and something happens to where people break into his house in the middle of the night, and he doesn't do anything about it because he's, like, retired, and he's, uh, so, like, his, uh, Basically, he's a badass, and he could have killed him if he wanted to, but he didn't. He let him go, and now his family's looking at him like, what the hell, you pansy? you know? And then all of a sudden, he basically turns around and starts going after these people. And it, it's kind of the old... Um, it's a storyline that's been done before basically, but now it's just with like with a regular guy like Bob Odenkirk doing these action scenes mm. and stuff. It, it was, a, it was actually a really good movie. I do recommend it. Okay. And I really want to see Mortal Kombat. It's a lot of hype, man. I, I want to see Mortal Kombat too, but honestly, the hype, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> is it going to be that good? I, I have to know. I'm going to watch it anyway. I was a Mortal Kombat fan from way back in the day, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know if... I, I suppose everybody who's in the know now realizes that Mortal Kombat was a, a PlayStation game, right? 
I mean, from way back, wasn't it PlayStation that it first came out? Or was it Nintendo? Uh, I think it was earlier than that. Might have been Nintendo. Because I know it was an arcade. It was an arcade uh-huh. game, you know, obviously. But I can't remember if it was Nintendo or, or PlayStation. Anyway, it was a thing. Like, when I was a kid, Mortal Kombat was huge. Right. And so, but this movie, and I know what the effects you've got now, and just the action sequences, and all this, you know, cinematography, and all the... The, the new perspectives on gore and all, everything we can do nowadays, and by we, I mean anybody but me, with movie, you know, production, it's supposed to be good, but come on. <laughs> there are people hyping this up like it's the second coming. Like, this like this is this is what we've been waiting for yeah. all these years, folks. Yeah. But I want to see it, too. Yeah. I mean, it's out. Yeah. Um, what so, I wasn't going to do is wait in the, a long ebbing right. line and you weren't gonna dress up like Sub Zero. I mean, I do anyway. That's oh. just something that I do. <laughs> I just do that at home. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna go somewhere with that, and I forgot what it was. Oh, have you seen the option for like stuff going? Like you can wa- you can buy movies and stuff now without actually having to go to the theater, even though it's in the theater right now. I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. What, are you talking about watching it at home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What what's that called? I don't know. It's like. Um, we could have watched, we were talking about watching Mortal Kombat the other night at home for 20 bucks. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. But my wife was like, you know, we're going to spend more than 20 bucks. if We go to the theater to watch it. Right. And I was like, well, you got a point. I do have popcorn in the cupboard. I could just get my own popcorn and pay $20 to watch it. Uh, that's supposed to be kind of a, a potential wave of the future, just like Netflix decimated the blockbuster scene Mm -hmm. you know they're talking about now movie uh uh, production companies just sending shit directly like to your house and and yeah you're gonna pay 20 bucks for it but like you said you you're gonna or like becky said i guess you're gonna spend more than 20 bucks you go to the theater Mm -hmm. you're gonna spend 20 bucks just on popcorn if you get some right Mm -hmm. the tickets are more expensive nowadays than what they've ever been of course and you know the soda but the gas to get there. I mean, you add that all up, you're, mm-hmm. you know, a $40 night for two people is, is not unheard of by far. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but here's the thing. There's also going to the movie theater for the experience of being in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. You've got the big screen. You've got the, the grainy picture of the movie, which just is part of seeing a movie at the movie theater, mm-hmm. right? There's the ambiance. There's the smell. You know, there's mm-hmm. the wicked carpet. You know, which the smell these days is bleach. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, so you could probably mimic that at home, but <laughs> you know, there's there's just the the experience. It's kind of the same thing as going to a bar versus drinking at home. Like I don't go to bars anymore. Haven't been to a bar in I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. Uh, been a long time. Been to bar and grills, things like that. You know, and some craft breweries, things like that. But yeah. like when I say bar, I'm talking about like pool tables and you know mm-hmm. Budweiser and that kind of that kind of bar. But uh, but when I did go, I could have drank at home for a lot cheaper. But I was going for the experience. I was going for the you know in a bar. Obviously, you're going for the kind of the company. You're going mm-hmm. for the in, the atmosphere. You know, you're going to see people and drink and meet new people and whatever. So the movie theater is kind of the same thing, right? And it's the same with concerts. There were people, and I get it, I get it, but there were people who were paying a lot of money to see Garth Brooks on the screen, you know, that, for a concert. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm not going to do that. I don't care who it is, you know. What I, about, I'm not going to do that. If that's the way of the future, you can count me out. Yeah, because didn't Metallica do one too? Probably. I think several bands did. So I know that's a different thing. But we're we're also talking about like drive-in theaters where they did that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
what about like drive-in comedy shows? Now it's different because they're actually there in person, but it's kind of the same, right? Because you're still they're still doing it at drive-ins, but they would stand up there on the stage, and people, you know, th- they couldn't hear people as well because they're in their cars. You know what I mean? But it's still kind of the same concept, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. I, a little different, I guess, because they're actually there, but, but it, it's but so if, but, far but if, removed if you're if in you, your car. Yeah, if and, you're in your car, what's the difference of if they're actually standing there? Yeah. Or if they're on a screen up there? Yeah. You know, it's the same same thing. Yes, yeah, so, this social distancing, man, it really messed people up. Yeah. Like. They just got so hungry. I, I was listening to Satellite Radio the other day. One of the, the main DJs on, uh, I think, Lithium Channel was saying, look, because there are these these uh, people are opening up. You know, I think Chevelle is like blowing up their schedule with show after show. And a lot of bands are. That's just one that sticks out in my mind because I get a lot of uh, uh, notifications from them. But just all these bands are, and she was saying, she was talking about Chevelle, and she was saying that if you want tickets, you better get them now because people are hungry for live shows, they are. live anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you want tickets, you better jump on them because they're selling out like bam, bam, bam. Yeah. This is probably going to be one of the most profitable years for for bands who want to venture back out and have live shows because everybody just, this past year was just torture there, for people who go see live shows concerts a, comedy whatever there's a few of those like big festivals like ohio has one mm. not not the rock on the range but there's another one i just seen the other day but it's just like mm-hmm. massive band after massive band after massive band i'm just thinking of how many people are going to be there it's going to be massive it's going to be huge <laughs> it is yeah that one um i don't remember which one it was that i tagged you on or something it was like 40 bands all together. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, it's over three days, but still, that's just a lot of yeah. a lot of music, a lot mm-hmm. of just, you're going to be worn out after that Oh, festival. yeah, no way. No in, a, in a good way, but for us, man, to have to drive back to Missouri after three days of... I would definitely have to fly in there and fly back. Uh, I hate flying. Do you? I do. <laughs> I'm just an anxious flyer. I, I don't mind it so much. The only part of it is, you know, the anxiety. I, I don't mind the hassle, the airport, all that crap. I don't even mind the TSA guy playing with my junk a little bit, you know. I I give him some instructions like, "Hey, can you do uh-huh. that again, uh-huh. except a little yeah. to the left." Yeah, here's a five. Uh huh. But uh, I just I just get anxious flying. So I I we may have talked about this like not too far. It seems like I we talked about it. Um, planes like don't it doesn't bother me because for some reason like once I'm up there it doesn't feel like I'm in a plane. Yeah. I don't know why, and I don't know if there's a lot of other people like that or if I'm just a psychopath. I'm not sure, but like even like opening the window and looking out, it just doesn't seem real. And I was having this conversation with somebody about bungee jumping versus um, skydiving. B- versus skydiving. Yeah. And uh, they're like, "Well, I haven't skydiv, or I, I don't want to skydive, but I have bungee jumped." And I'm like, "Dude, what is your problem? B- bungee jumping? You jumped off of something, a bridge or whatever, with a rubber band around your feet, going headfirst at the ground." But you don't want to skydive? They're like, yeah, well, flying. I get anxiety flying. What? That's ridiculous. Now, I I could see, like, if you're up in a plane and you have to actually make the leap out of the plane. I see that. But for me, I don't think it would bother me as much until I got closer to the ground, if that makes any sense. Like, when I'm on a plane, it doesn't feel like I'm that high above the ground. Like, if this goes down, I'm dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even if I, I feel like if I jump out of a plane, of course, I'm going to have like high anxiety because I'm jumping out of a plane. But I don't feel like until I can really see the ground, 
that's when I would probably be the most nervous. Got you. So I'm going to unpack this just a little bit. And, you tell and, me how crazy I am? No, no. This is just from my perspective. We all know how crazy you are. That has nothing to do with it. The perspective I have is that the worst part for me in a plane, if we were going down, is that time, that minute, two minutes, whatever it is, when we're going down. That's what I think. That's what makes me so anxious. If it was just a case where there was a there was a a possibility that the plane would just suddenly combust and just blow up out of nowhere, I don't think I'd have such anxiety. I th- it's that time where it's just this descent where I know I'm going to my death, right? And it takes a long time. Versus bungee jumping, where it's just like if if it snaps, I've got about maybe two seconds. I'm dead, done. So there's that. Okay, but jumping out of a plane, I guess, is is a little bit different. I still would feel more comfortable jumping out of a plane than I would bungee jumping. Um, I have I don't know why and I don't know if this is rational or not, but I have a little more faith in um, the parachute than I do the rubber band. Right. Um, And I don't know if that's but I also feel like I jumping out of a plane is sure death. So there is that if my chute didn't open, I've got all that time to watch the ground just get closer and closer. Uh-huh. But I'm not going to be so much. I know what I'm doing when I'm when I'm parachuting. If I'm going to skydive, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm taking my life into my hands. This is like this is what I'm going to do for this adrenaline. When I get into a plane, I'm just trying to get somewhere. Yeah, you know, I'm not looking for that adrenaline rush. I'm, right. I'm not looking for that that anxiety. And yet there it is, and it's override. It's not override. I shouldn't say it's overriding, but it, it's 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 nagging. It's nagging and it's constant until uh-huh. I get off that effing plane. And I just can't wait to get off the plane because of that. Also, I know I've mentioned this before. It would be different for me if I had control in the cockpit. Like if I was driving the plane, it might be bad for everybody else. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's, it's the lack of control that I have. Okay. It's, it's the lack of control, you know, because I'm up in this plane. And, and if, you, if, if you're in a plane crash, I mean, there's very little chance you're going to survive, right? Yeah. Chances are you're going to die. Uh-huh. And I'm giving that up for somebody who this alcoholic pilot up here in the cockpit is probably asleep right now <laughs> as the plane hits a, a bit of turbulent, you know, air mm-hmm. pockets. But anyway, you know, I, that, that, that lack of control also caused me an issue. I think I would feel, like I said, much more comfortable jumping out of the plane and getting it over with, with a parachute skydiving than I would sit, sitting in the plane and just riding on that wave of anxiety for four hours, six hours, whatever. Yeah. I just, I don't get the anxiety, but I I do have I do get that feeling of lack of control. Well, I don't know. I don't I don't get that feeling of lack of control in a plane, but I do get that feeling of lack of control if I'm in a car yeah. with somebody who's when I'm not driving. Mm-hmm. Like if even if it's my wife, if she's driving, but most of the time I'm like looking down at my phone or something like that. I'm not, or I, I'm just purposely trying to do other things where I'm not paying attention to the road because yes. I will be that that passenger seat break, mm-hmm. you know, t- hitting that break. Um, but then again, I also mouth her whenever she's doing that to me. Yeah, sure. Cause I, I have that right. I'm a husband. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> if, if you, she should be distracting herself with something else like you did right? while she was driving, uh-huh. I'm the same way in the car, but you know, the, it, it, I'm better now than what I used to be. Like I was a really big control freak when it came to, I hated riding with anybody else who was driving because I've been with some very crappy drivers. Mm-hmm. I've been in a couple of, of, you know, mostly fender benders with some really 
crappy drivers who just like weren't paying attention. I saw it coming. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of other things coming that if I wouldn't have spoken up and been that passenger seat driver at that time, I think we probably would have crashed. Mm-hmm. And I've been with some people who were just absolutely freaking crazy too and didn't give a rat's ass <laughs> about the way they drove. Right. And I'm surprised I made it out alive. So I, I think I think there's some you know, I think it's realistic to some degree to be that person, to be on, on alert because you know, I don't want to die in a, in a car wreck, you know, if at all possible. I don't want to be maimed or anything like that, dismembered. Well, I tell you what, her, you know, her new car that we got her has all the bells and whistles as far as like the, you know, the lane assists and the the alar- alar- um, alarms that go off when you when you're getting too close to the back, somebody's bumper or yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff, and it makes you like it you're still controlling everything, but it does make you a better driver because it makes you like when an alarm goes off that you're too close to somebody else's bumper, but you realize that that's normally how you drive is you're normally that close to somebody. Your car is telling you, Hey, fuck face. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're not supposed to drive like this. Uh-huh. So it actually does make you a better driver in the long run. Isn't that something though? Our cars are telling us what to do now mm-hmm. as if I don't have enough people telling me what to do already. <laughs> I mean, when when you're in that kind of situation, though, it's kind of yeah, no, it's good. Better, I mean, it's safe. It's, yeah, it's, it's safer, you know. I, I kid, but it is a safer feature. I, I still worry about the slippery slope of better, safer. You know, when our cars will only go a certain mile per hour because they're all governed, and that's that's like a law, legal thing, or cars start tracking us to do you know if, if someone is doing any kind of illegal activity which i'm not but still you know i've always thought about that too like in the future can they do that to us like govern our vehicles and stuff like that but i the only the thing that's always pushed me away from made me think that they can't do that is because what about emergency situations what about them i mean if you're in an emergency situation you have somebody in your car with you that is going that's having a heart attack or something like that, you've got to get to the the hospital immediately. And if your car is only going to go 55 miles an hour, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but the ambulances will be able to go fast. Yeah, but the, they the got to get... cars the, will go fast. But they got to get to you mm-hmm. and then get back to the hospital. Well, for the greater good, though, you're going to have to sacrifice an emergency here and there. You know, a baby being born, a mother in labor trying to get to the hospital, or someone with a lopped off their leg at the knee or something. I don't know. They're, they're trying to get to the hospital real quick. Yeah, I know they're, they're, they they might not make it because the cars are governed at 55, but think about how many people we haven't had die in car crashes. You know, how many, uh, because now we have to do a breathalyzer every time you get into a car to make sure that you're not drinking behind the wheel. Think about how many people we've saved, even though this guy just had a couple of drinks and now he can't get his wife to the hospital who's having a baby. But we've saved a lot of lives by not having drunk drivers out there having car crashes overall. So you're going to have to break a couple of eggs to make an omelet. I'm confused. Are you being sarcastic? Somehow, I, somewhat. I, I don't think it is sarcastic. I think it's. I think it's the way that the logic could could really work. You know. So that's what you're saying, though. That's what your the logic would be. I don't. It's not my logic, mind you. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. Okay. Okay. But yeah. So if you if if you are if you are governing a body of people, right, you're, you're always looking for the thing that does best for the most people involved, the majority of the populace. Right. What's okay? that, what's that term? Like risk a few to save many or something along those lines, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, if, if the emergency situations that you're talking about, those are more of your outlying situations compared to your day to day car crashes due to high speeds, 
high speed chases that could be mitigated. Um, like I, I kind of veered over into the drunk driving, things like that. Because if a drunk driver is only allowed to go 55 miles per hour, that's still going to take down your fatality rate by, you know, several points. So these things overall in the aggregate, once again, you're going to see lower numbers of deaths. And that's that's what the powers that be would have to shoot for and not your outlying situations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and they would probably try to come up with some kind of an intervention for those outliers. But you know, it, if they can govern, I'm surprised they haven't really tried to push for it yet, you know. And I, I see that kind of the same way with gun control and things like that. Just, you know, what an emergency situation. I've got somebody breaking into my house, but I live in a place where, you know, guns, handguns are, are not legal, right? Um, so somebody breaks into my house and, and threatens me and my family, that's an emergency situation. Yeah, but the powers that be see it like, you know, that's what the police are there for. And... If you if you had a gun, then everybody else could have a gun too, and then there would be a lot more gun deaths, accidental and you know right. intentional, right? So so they veer toward the the larger numbers, larger threats, and they go from that because at the end of the day, they're there to do a job, and they they don't really care about your emergency situation. They they care about the numbers at large. Okay, going back to the whole idea of having a breathalyzer in your car before you can drive anywhere, right? Which, I mean, that's the thing, of course, now for people who've had DUIs and stuff like that, they have to pay to get these things installed in their vehicle. Mm -hmm. That's a thing. But if we were to go to that, do you think more bars end up having to close? Because at this point, you go in and you have two beers and you can't even get in your car to drive home. Yeah. Or does places or does uh, businesses like Uber and things like that skyrocket? Yeah, there's probably going to be a a mixture of both. A little of both, I'm sure. Your it's going to be a survival of the fittest. Um, like most things already are, right? But this will be an evolution of the business, and so in evolution, there's always a selection of, of the fittest, right? And the selection would be for people who could be creative enough, like that local bar we have not too far down the road that has their own bus, right? Mm-hmm. They have a bus where they, they'll take people home mm-hmm. uh, and probably pick people up too, I, I guess, I assume. Yep. Uh, that's, that's a way, because you got to figure, okay, they're thinking, I've got to buy this big bus. I'm going to put a good paint job on it with our logo. I'm going to have to put gas in it, insurance, all that. But I'm going to keep a lot of drunk people here who otherwise wouldn't be here because maybe they already have DWIs or because they are conscious of not wanting to, to get a DWI and or hopefully not harm other people in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to be here and they're going to get drunk and they're going to be safe and they're going to keep coming back, right? So it, it's it's going to be financially viable, I'm sure. So different ideas like that, I think, are going to come to surface. A lot, you know, a lot what, more people are going to do that. Like, uh, have you ever partied down in Cape Dorado? Missouri. Yeah, it's been Downtown. a long time ago. What did the pony from across the river have their uh, their bus at that time? I don't remember. So the pony, for anybody who doesn't know, is a strip club that's right across the river into Illinois from Cape Dorado. Mm-hmm. Well, now they have a bus that will come across and and drive through the streets of downtown where all the bars are and everything and pick people up and take them over to the pony and then bring them back yeah later that's awesome that I mean, is a heck of a business model right there right that's, that's it's what smart I'm it's yeah. smart now it, it's not smart probably in the long run because now you're thinking about okay well you have a bunch of drunk people we're going to pick them up we're going to take them across the river where 
th- uh, alcohol sales doesn't stop. Yeah. That's the thing about also for anybody who doesn't know the pony is right across the river into Illinois, Illinois. which does, which doesn't make you stop serving alcohol at one o'clock. So mo- a lot of people will go party until one and then go across the river and drink until whenever they want to right. till the sun comes up, then they'll leave and go home. Well, now you're doing that, but the pony's coming to pick people up, taking them over there, letting them drink until whenever, and then bringing them back to their car so they can drive home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. That's a good point. You had me up until that point. <laughs> um, yeah. They need to find a, a different like end like, like they, uh-huh. they, that's good right up until the very end. They need, they, they need to work on that. <laughs> they definitely need to, to refresh that little last bit there. But the business model, though, just as far as business goes, um, there, there's going to be an evolution of those things. And Uber, those type of services will also see a rise in, in business. You know, uh, just like the Uber Eats type of thing or the around here we have a couple of different ones like BOGO and just all kinds of different delivery, mm-hmm. food deliveries now, man. Mm-hmm. They're they're skyrocketing. I mean it's well, it's a it's a really smart move. But I'll tell you something I heard the other day and I never even thought about this, but one of the companies, I don't know who it was, um it was like a BOGO or an Uber Eats, something like that. They actually went and picked up food for somebody. Um, so anybody who, who's listening who might not know what we're talking about, these are companies that will actually go to a restaurant and pick up your food that you've ordered and then bring it to you for a fee. Well, this family got a bag from McDonald's or something like that, and there was a business card in it for something else in their bag. Well, they called McDonald's or whoever they got their food from and was like, hey, wh- you know, what, what is this? Well, apparently it was like a pure romance or something like that. It was one of those kind of cards. Ooh, a sexy store. Yeah. It was something like that in there. Well, the the woman was like, you know, my kid got the bag. Like, why would I, I don't want my kid seeing that. And she calls up McDonald's or whoever it was and starts uh, yelling at him, telling him, listen, this ain't right. Well, it was the side gig of the driver for Uber Eats or BOGO or whoever that that is. Mm. I never thought about that. smart, but probably not the best idea to be pushing your side hustle on something else that you're doing. Not, I mean, definitely not for pure romance. Well, I know, that, but, but anything. A, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, that would be like us if I work for Uber Eats, but I'm throwing a cerebral entertainment sticker in a in a bag for for the people. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, I think it's probably <laughs> it's a little cross promotion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's. I, th- I think we could find some middle ground here. <laughs> Don't be don't be putting in business cards where you go and get sex toys in in a kid's happy meal, right? That's just stupid. Yeah. But if you're you got a podcast or something like that or if you got some graphic design or whatever the case, mental health services, I don't care. You know, I don't I think it's probably kind of benign because I don't it's not like it's it's something that's taking direct business away from Uber Eats. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Definitely not from McDonald's. You know, so they've got plenty of business. It's not like I, it, it's a business card for a restaurant or something or for another delivery service. If it's not those two things, it's not in direct competition. And as long as it's not something inappropriate, right? I think it's probably an okay thing to do, right? You think? That's I think so, ethically wise. Now, well, th- but, does your but, business but allow got, you to do that? that, that that's what you better check on because if I'm you get fired, say. then, yeah. you know, that's that's on you. Yeah. I'm just saying that ethically wise, I don't see a problem with it. Because but, you're but, using but it as a you, vehicle. To, but if you were, if you were the 
Uber, the company Uber Eats or mm-hmm. Bogo or whoever, would you feel fine with your workers doing that? As long as it didn't cross those those parameters that I just mentioned, as long as it wasn't something a sex toy shop for one thing so or anything you, inappropriate, okay. or as long as it wasn't in direct competition with a my business and be the business that you were like um, contracting with, in this case, McDonald's. Gotcha. Not that I care about McDonald's, but it, I'm getting business because of them. And so you don't want to compromise that because there's a direct you know, correlation there. I'm just, I'm, Otherwise, I'm, yeah, I would be fine with it. Why not? I'm just picturing like, uh, you know, a lead singer for a, a local band who's working for Uber Eats, who's throwing his EP in the bag to give to people. <laughs> That's a smart business move. Well, you know, I think you've also got to be somewhat smart about it, too. You have to... I mean, how many people that you're bringing Uber Eats to are really going to want to hear your EP? So how much are you wasting, you know, discs, if, if that's what you're using? Well, yeah, but you know? but then again, if you're out on the street pushing it, you know, hustling and pushing it, same concept. Like, you're just giving them out, trying to get people to listen anywhere and everywhere. That's true. That's true. But I don't know. If I'm pushing an EP, and I've never done this, so I'm really kind of talking out of my ass like like normal. But if I'm doing that, I'm kind of profiling people, too. It's like, okay, that there's no way that elderly person's going to be into this EP, so I'm not going to bother giving them a disc. Mm-hmm. And I would want to do that. Like, if I was taking your model and, and giving EPs out in McDonald's bags, um, I would check the person out first. I'd want to know their demographics. I'd want to look at them because if it's a sweet, innocent little old lady, she's not going to want to hear my music probably. Maybe she has a grandkid that she could pass it to or she, you know, it's probably just going to find its way to the trash. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. I, I just think you'd have to be smart about it. Now, if you're just handing out business cards, like say you got the podcast business card, you hand it out to people, you're only out of business card. And so to me, that's a little easier to uh, just kind of throw caution to the wind. But still yet, I think you you want to be smart about it because you don't want to just like randomly piss people off either. You know, yeah. if they, if, if you're going to give out, I don't, I don't know. Just, I, I think I'd have to be in the situation to really kind of formulate a good plan. But I think you got to have, you know, a, you got to develop a, a scheme. You got to develop a, a good uh, strategy. I mean, I mean, but how is that any different from, I mean, if you have a normal job, like a normal customer service job. And I mean, I could work at, what if I work at Walmart, but I hand out my business card for something else. And I, like during the day, I just give out business cards to, to shoppers. Yeah. Should I be able to do that? Uh, well, that's up to Walmart is the thing. Now, if I were the Walmart owner, I don't see a problem with it. As long as the, it didn't get complaints from the people. As long as there's no complaints and as long as whatever you're promoting isn't competition to mm-hmm. Walmart. And as long as it's not inappropriate. Gotcha. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. How much have we networked in our time in the podcast, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and plus, I'm a networker in my, my 9 to 5, too. You know, we network across the state, sometimes even across the country to some degree for services and, and, and to market our, our, our programs and our services. And um, networking is a key to a lot of things popping up, you know? In, in what we've done in the podcast, you know, we've networked with a lot of bands and other podcasters and, you know, people just on the scene, artists and, and things like that. That's how you make things happen. You cross promote, right? And so if I'm a business owner, as long as it doesn't step on the toes of those parameters that I mentioned, I think it's a good thing. There's no telling what kind of things might open up because of it. You know, but you've got Walmart, McDonald's, so on and so forth. They've got their clamps down on their billion-dollar businesses. They don't. They don't think like that. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Mr. Walmart 
if he found out that I was working for him and handing out business cards, promoting my podcast or whatever, he's going to get pretty pissed off and probably show me the door. Yeah. That's beside the point. That's you ask my opinion. Mm-hmm. I get that's, it. And that's my opinion. I don't know that I necessarily, I don't know that I agree, but I don't know that I disagree either. From, from our standpoint, it's, it seems like a good idea to be able to, you know, promote ourselves and our side hustle in in our everyday in our everyday jobs and stuff like that. But I think if I was a business owner and I knew that my employees were doing that, I don't think that I would agree with it. Why? Okay, maybe it's not that I don't agree with it, but maybe it's just seems like it would be easier across the board to say no, and then you don't have to worry about the all the what ifs, all the possible. Is it inappropriate? Is it possible it's going to piss people off? You know those kinds of things and run away business from what they're what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just I guess it's just easier that way. Yeah, I, I can see that, and that's probably a, that's probably a general consensus, honestly, for yeah. a lot of businesses. We just don't want to deal with the hassle. We got too much other things to deal with, um, and, and that might be the case. I'm just saying that at, at the at the base level, at the foundational level, I, I don't see a problem with it. Let's scale down though. Let's say it's something like a I don't know a barber shop or let's say a just a small restaurant or, or bar, something like that, which I think a bar is definitely prime for networking because you're getting a lot of different people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you got that social lubricant, um, AKA alcohol that kind of helps get in, you know, gets the conversations going, helps you socially just, you know, get to know people and things like that. So I think it's a prime place for cross promoting for networking. Uh, a restaurant, a, a barbershop kind of too, though, because a barbershop, I don't know where you go, but a lot of places, you know, you go in, they just want to talk and it's part of their job because a lot of people want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. I'm just, I want to get my hair cut and get out, to be honest with you. But when they start talking to me, I, I, I make conversation, you know, nowadays because I'm just a nice guy like that. And I know it just kind of goes with their flow, what they're trying to do. So if there was some cross money, I think that would be a good platform for it. Now, maybe someplace like Walmart really isn't a great a great example, right? Because mm-hmm. people are there to shop. They want to get their cheese and their, you well, know. Well, their... the only reason I brought that up though is because it's the same concept. If you're you're doing you're working a job where you're promoting something else or you're promoting your side hustle, that's no different if you're in Walmart, you know, promoting our podcast or if you work for Uber Eats and you're promoting our podcast with a sticker. You know, you're still you're still working another job but promoting your side hustle through it. Yeah, but I, I don't agree that it's the same. Okay. Because I think, you know, as I started unpacking this a little bit, I, I feel like certain businesses are more primed or more appropriate for that kind of cross-promotion, that kind of marketing. Okay. Like I said, bars, barbershops, things like that. Because you go there to, to communicate, to talk, you know, to, to hang out, to, I don't know. So the real just, question is, what is the job that you can work and still be able to promote your side hustle with pure romance? Well, I mean... <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> that, that a bar might be okay for that. You get you know drunk people in there who probably wouldn't take offense to that. There's no chance of children being in there, things like that. I don't know. I'm not trying to. I, I wouldn't try to promote pure romance, um, but I'm sure they are. So maybe maybe a bar would be good for that. Uh, maybe a dance club. I don't know. <laughs> dance club. Yeah, you know, everybody's getting in there. They're rubbing real close. They're getting. Uh, you're just in, making it. Rain. You're just making it rain with uh, pure romance. Uh, that's right. Business yeah, cards. Just, <laughs> Like that, <laughs> all over. <laughs> um, oh man, did you ever? You remember? <laughs> uh, 
Did you ever hear that line from Tosh.0 when he's talking about making it rain? And he's like, screw that. I'm going to make it hail and throw in nickels. <laughs> no. I kind of miss Tosh, though. I haven't seen him in a long time. He's still around. He's a funny dude. Yeah. Funny dude. Well, you know, this was uh, an interesting conversation. We didn't really talk about anything. <laughs> we didn't. Just a whole lot of stuff. It's but fun, though. We can, yeah. dude, we can do this. We just never have the confidence in being able to do it. Well, I, I have confidence. I just worry I about other people's patience with me. It's like, what the fuck is this guy talking well, about? It don't, anyway. matter. it don't matter if you're talking out of your ass or you're talking about something serious. People are still not going to have much patience true. with you. True. <laughs> That's true. I just need to come to grips with that. It's yeah. like, you know, that thing you did with that was so serious, you might as well just been talking about, you know... Making it rain, pure ecstasy cards, or true romance, whatever it was. Neither one of those were right. <laughs> but you get my drift. I get it. I All get right, it. man. Let, let's close this down. Right. Uh, where's the thing? I need to click somewhere. Oh, there it is. Okay. There's the clicker. Bye. Thanks again to all of you out there in CEP land. Remember that word of mouth feels like an incredible finish by Sub-Zero for us, so don't forget to tell your friends and fam about the great variety that you hear right here on the CEP. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you consume your podcast so that you can keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. Also on that note, when you go to Apple Podcasts, it would help us immensely if you would give us a five-star rating while you are there to show your love for the CEP. And speaking of love, we love it when you give us all of your love on the socials. So be sure to give us your love on the socials and be sure to visit the new and improved launching pad for all things cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And of course, if you need to contact us, you can do that at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Uh, don't forget to go to buyjack.com slash CEP to pick up your CEP network merch today. And that's all I've got, folks. So until next time, please be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm out there. See ya.